Welcome to the latest edition of the Meltzer Five Star Project. Enjoy it whilst you've got it, because boy, some changes are afoot. But we'll hold off on that until a later date. It's the podcast in which myself, you let me tell you something, co-host Lorca Mullen, and your other, let me tell you something, co-host Simon Cross. Watch every match that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated five stars or higher, and try and find something interesting to talk about it. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> oh dear. Oh. Yeah. What match are we talking about today, Simon? We're talking about a match that took place on uh, the destruction of Kobe or destruction at Kobe. I can't remember which one. Uh 2023 um between Mainstay Will Ospreay and a debutante, I believe, Yotasuji. That could be a good nickname for him when he becomes a veteran more. The mainstay, Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got that going for him. <laughs> I'm never leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. Oh, no, we're going to get a Wolf of Wall Street parody resting character in the next ten years, aren't we? I have to say, if a career in wrestling had not panned out for Will Ospreay, I could definitely have seen him being one of those shitty salesman people. <laughs> You've watched White Gold, right? Yeah, or he'd have like 10 properties across Essex and Kent and a YouTube channel about it. All that kind of stuff. (laughs) But instead... Look, I'm running out of interesting things to say about Will Ospreay, and that (laughs) assumes that what I said to begin with is interesting, because we're here again. I, I mean, he's broken the record now, hasn't he? He's surpassed... Even Okada for matches that Meltzer's rated five stars or higher. Yeah. And I really think he's the only reason we're going to... I don't know. Well, it's very early doors for Yota Suji. Although I think he's about the same age as Will Ospreay. They are both 30. Oh, okay. But He looks much yeah, younger. Suji, yeah, well, Suji took a... I think he's more he's younger in your mind's eye, I suppose. But he... Uh, he took a more circuitous route, I suppose, before getting into wrestling. He must have only been in his mid-twenties. He must have been in his mid-twenties when he started, whereas Will Ospreay, because he's British, he was probably practicing his nine screw moonsaults at the age of eight. <laughs> Just that and then more. at nine, they removed the crash pad. There you go. Whether he's ready or not. <laughs> Your spine's going to compress whether you want it or not. <laughs> But despite them being of a similar age, there is clearly meant to be a story based around seniority. And we've already recorded, though it's yet to come out, a match of the week involving Jumbo Saruta very early into his run as a wrestler, challenging Terry Funk, the then NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And that was not just billed as a title match, but as part of a regular ongoing test series of matches for Saruta and that has been a feature of Japanese wrestling for the longest time that a young prospect will go through 
over a few months, maybe even a year or more, high-profile singles matches where the expectation is that they probably won't win, but they need to showcase where they are and, and show signs of progression. I mean, we saw a kayfabe slash shoot version of that, depending on how you look at it, in Gaia Girls and the... Oh, right, yes. Gauntlet thing, which is a very popular facet of uh, Joshi promotions. Mm. When Manami Toyota had her last match, I think she was going, like, uh, doing one-minute matches against over 160 opponents or something crazy like that. (laughs) That's just Joshi, man. Yeah, and so this test of Suji is not along those lines, but it is meant to be a sense of this is his second most high-profile match since his return. His first return being him headlining... Was it Dominion that he headlined against Sonada for the world title? Quite possibly. I'll double-check. So, yeah, because as we've been saying quite a few times in the past year or so, I suppose, that New Japan is in, in this interesting moment of transition to a new crop of youngsters in the main event heavyweight scene returning from their learning excursions and already a number of them putting themselves up to challenge Kazuchika Okada and thereby declaring their intent to be the, the not just the future of the company but the president of the company and Suji, Ren Narita and Shota Umino being presented as the Rewa Three Musketeers where that puts the recently returned Yuya Uemura in that situation. I don't know if he's going to be the Dan Tanyan or the Dog Tanyan, depending on what age you are, <laughs> of that group remains to be seen. But Suji's definitely been the one that's had the closest to being a breakout so far. Like I said, putting a far, like, the high profile, like, essentially headlining New Japan's equivalent of SummerSlam yeah. on his first big singles match back. And now being placed in another main event on one of their big tours against the guy that's been the top guy, Jin, of the company for the last couple of years. So another test, I suppose, if if you consider the world champ the native ace, although obviously most people don't, Osprey as the Gaijin ace holding the Gaijin title, I suppose, in the UK slash US title, depending on who you ask. Yeah, and obviously um, Yota's got this shot, through pinning Osprey, um, and it it wasn't in a G one tournament match, but no, it was a tag match, and... yeah, yeah, at the G one. So that, so obviously you know he's on the radar of New Japan already, and he's on Will Osprey's radar because uh, the storyline is okay. He's pinned me, but like you're not going to pin me when the lights are brightest when I'm defending this thing I've worked so hard for, like this symbolizes how I am the best and you, you, you just not there yet, basically. Yeah. So the story of the whole match is Suji's abilities being put to the test against maybe the most physically gifted person in all of wrestling at the moment. As they've said in the build up, Osprey's on the run of a lifetime. He's beaten Omega. He's beaten Okada. He's beaten Jericho. He's held that title for a long time now, I believe. Uh, well, no, sorry, because he dropped it to Omega, but he's regained it. But he's decided that it's so much his belt that he's renamed it in his own honour as the UK title. And at time of recording, we're about to have a UK championship match at a UK show between two wrestlers from the UK. Yeah! Which I am 
almost certain that we could might as well just do a live commentary for that match as it's happening because Meltz has already got the the fifth star. He's just <laughs> rummaging around to see what extra he can put on top of it. Ah. <laughs> oh. Like in good time, listeners, you'll, you'll understand. Well, you already understand uh, Lorcan's frustration, but uh, he's hit. He's hit boiling point. <laughs> he's hit boiling point. That's all I can say. And by that, we don't mean the top quality BBC drama series starring Stephen Graham that everyone should watch if they get the chance. Wait, there you go. Um, if you look at the body of the match itself. Mm-hmm. Uh. This is the first time I've seen Yotasuji properly in action, like really, barring like clips. This is the first full Yotasuji match I've seen. I'm ra- I'm rather impressed uh, by Yotasuji. I think he's he's got that charm. He's got the X factor. Like you look at him, and you're drawn to him. You're drawn to what he's doing. Um, I like his move set. Um, the problem I've got, and this is my fault with a sample size of one, and obviously him only just coming back from an excursion. Don't really know about a lot about his character, but I can't really hold that against him at this stage, do you know what I mean? I think there's a certain amount of enigma around him still, that people are wondering how his allegiances lie with Los Ingobernables, which is the group that he joined. Mm. Is he ultimately... There's that sense, like, especially since we're going to get some sort of kappa to what defined Los Ingobernables in the Wrestle Kingdom main event, it would seem, with Naito against Sonada for the title. And I guess maybe the story will be, if Sonada beats Naito, then the rest of Los Ingobernables realise that in order for all of them to excel, maybe they need to not be an Ingobernable. Because Evil left and won the title, Sonada left and won the title. That'd be an interesting path to go down. Obviously, that's just not fancy booking, I suppose, but uh, hypotheses booking. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just a theory. And... It's not how you'd book it. It's just a theory. Mm. Yeah. But he does seem like a logical fit within Los Ingobernables out of all of the factions so far. He's not an ungovernable, but there's obviously, as you say, some sort of eccentric energy to him by... If nothing else, the fact that he smiles when he's in the ring a great chunk of the time, when he's mm. making his entrance with his hood over his face, the one thing he seems to make sure that people can see is his mouth and those big old chompers of his, because he gives a smile. I mean, you could you could <laughs> you could swap those teeth with the. With Jurgen Klopp's, and they wouldn't look that out of place. No, no, I was going to say like you sort of also almost want to feed him a sugar lump, you know. Mm. So there's a slightly, I don't know, an eccentric energy to him that he's some way unconventional in his mindset. But I did wonder if in the long term, him smiling is something that might lead to a struggle to elicit sympathy from the people if he has that look to him. Like, how can you feel so sorry for a person if they're getting beaten up if they will be quick to smile as weird as that sounds like can be ingratiating but i don't know i mean i I don't know it's it's still up in the air and still yet to be defined yeah he does seem to be like almost like a bit like rob van damme in that he doesn't want to get too angry at any point and maybe it will be the stories in the future will be figures trying to get that out of him like you can imagine evil just really trying to needle at him 
constantly yeah, yeah. And poking I think, at him with a stick or something. I think the moment he stops smiling, uh, there'll be a great deal of character development you can build off of that. Like, make it mean something when he does. And then it's mm. maybe like a schism. Maybe it's like, rather than like Kokada, maybe it's Emo Suji we get for a while. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. With the eyeliner and everything. Yeah. I think that what this match was about showing, as I say, is that it's the test of Suji. I guess the first one was just a case of, can he just look like a star? Can he look like a believable future main eventer? Because no mm. one would have expected him to win that Sonata match. Obviously, there would have been some people in the back of the mind. Now, they will always have that because of Okada being the one that flipped the script by beating Tanahashi when he made his return only a yeah. month earlier. So there's always that possibility there, which is why it's wise to book it. But in most occasions, you don't want to put too much on the shoulders of a younger wrestler that quickly. <clears throat> but with Suji, I think this one was the match to show, okay, can he go with the best athletes in the promotion? Yeah. And the opening exchanges on the mat are... But not so much on the mat, but when they do the runs and... They do the head scissors and everything. And it's showing that Suji, who is a big guy, he looks like he's about six foot two and is of a similar sort of body type to Goto. Not quite Nakanishi level's power lifter, but definitely he's got a bit more heft on him yeah. naturally than, say, the leaner Tanahashis and Naitos of this world, or Okada actually as well. But even with that bulk, he is able to land on his feet. He's able to do mid-air reversals. He's able to take Osprey to the outside and surprise him with a dive on the floor. Mm. And he's able to do Osprey's moves to Osprey, which is the big story towards the end of the match as well. Yeah, I like that and impudence Os- about him as well. Mm. And the Osprey maybe underestimates him at the start and can still regain control when he has to when he picks up the speed for example in the match when it goes to the outside Osprey's finally able to get a handle and control a portion of the mm. match after Suji tries to whip him into the barricade and Osprey just hurdles over it yeah. and then hits a pip pip cheerio from the barricade which again when he regains control the second time in the ring when he does a handspring flying kick he then follows that up with another pip pip cheerio on the inside as well but it is just Suji refusing to go down, and he kicks out of the... Uh, does he kick out of the first Stormbreaker? I know he kicks out of the Storm Driver. E- I yes, I think he does. He definitely shows resilience, and there's a moment actually when Osprey has him set up for the Hidden Blade, which is usually where someone's just lying there ready to take it, and instead Suji stands up and keeps walking towards Osprey, forcing Osprey to back up into the corner whilst taking his elbow pad off. And Suji's got, um, not Suji, Osprey's got some great facial expressions uh, during during that moment. And I'd say overall mm. throughout the match as well. The way that Osprey yeah, but... sells the idea of, this guy's a lot harder than I thought. I might, I'm not in trouble here, but I'm going to have to work a damn sight harder. Yeah, but this was also Osprey... Of maybe his gruntiest in a long time. Mm. That Lex Luger, Mick Foley, <laughs> 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 
sort of <laughs> selling and willing himself up and everything. It, it sometimes goes a bit over the top for me, but it's wrestling. Wrestling by its nature is over the top, I suppose. Yeah. And another uh, thing Suji also uh, showed, just uh, before I forget, is that he knows how to get into the ring at 19. Oh, so yes. he's got that spot sorted out for future reference going forward. He can do that. No worries. So, you know, that's 75% of what makes you a main eventer in New Japan. <laughs> It is a, certainly a big portion. You are right there. It's it's weird when you look at this match in the context of where Osprey is in New Japan wrestling. Uh, and it's alluded to on commentary. It's like, oh, well, he's you know trying to wrestle as hard as he can so he can get a good offer on the open market. Because he has, I think, revealed that he won't be staying with New Japan past his contract expiry or at least as a I don't think he such. needs to I don't think he needs to hawk himself particularly the reputation he's built over the last yeah six or seven years this isn't like uh who was the player that always suddenly started playing well when the contract negotiation Adam yeah he's not doing an Adebayor yeah. <laughs> there are others the but Adebayor is the most notorious one yeah no, I know exactly what you said. As soon as you said it, I was like, yes, that is exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> but no, whilst he doesn't have to hawk himself, of course not, what I think he does have to do, he doesn't have to do it, but what he's doing to help out New Japan is making the people look good on the way out whilst not, you know, jobbing to everyone and lose. Because if he just started losing all the time, it'd be like too patently obvious. So that they're walking a tightrope. Oh, yeah. Between, I am um, wondering... They're walking a tightrope between making their newcomers look good, but then not diminishing all what's come before them and not having them Mm. beat Osprey. So, and I think, I think this match, uh, in particular, well, this match, they, they did that well. I think they achieved that objective quite well. It will be interesting to see, assuming he does leave, who he puts over at Wrestle Kingdom. Will he still have the title and then someone else will win it off him? Suji might be a good choice because, as I've said, he stepped up to the test. Both backstage, I'm sure they were like, okay, this guy's for real. He can hang with Osprey. And in the story they were telling in the ring, Osprey's constantly trying to bully Suji and Suji won't be bullied. Osprey's constantly trying to put him away and, and Suji won't be put away. We joke about it, but he does make the count and he does mm. play up how hard it is to keep on uh, to get into the ring. When Osprey tries to overwhelm him with chops in the match, he'll chop back and Osprey even bumped off of one of the chops. When he just starts forearming him in the kidneys is when Suji just gets pissed off and starts finally just firing up and getting back at him and hitting another dive to the outside. He's showing that he can do high spots in wrestling that maybe someone of his size would never have had to do in previous decades. Yeah. Uh, At least for now, whilst his body can take it. And his spear finisher is clearly already very over with the crowd. And a good choice for him. I sometimes think the spear is an overused move. But in Japan, it's not so much. And Suji does come from an American football background. That was the sport he uh, excelled in at at college. Oh, okay. So it makes sense to fit him in. And he looks like the kind of guy that would do well on an American football field. What position? By his size. I have not a clue. You can oh, it wouldn't mean anything to me if I did. <laughs> Sorry, yes, I forgot. Uh, um, when the NFL was uh, in the UK recently, uh, Lorcan, uh, the script got flipped and he was asking me a lot of questions about technical points and stuff. It was very nice. 
<laughs> Very nice to have the shoe I, on the other foot. <laughs> I gave up halfway into the second quarter. Doesn't have the staying power. <laughs> he was watching the Atlanta Falcons, though. So. Uh, was it the Atlanta Falcons? Yes, it was, because the week after, or two weeks after, it was, the, it was the Jaguars against the Buffalo Bills, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll refrain from commenting on all that stuff. I won't. Um, Falcons suck. Okay. Go Bucks. <laughs> well, I guess I'm a Chicago Bears fan by default, and I'm aware that they're a laughing stock. Mm. Um, Not, I asked a friend. Uh, they've won a game this season, which some other teams haven't. <laughs> That's an achievement for the Bears, from what I understand. Yes, it is. But but I'd always I'd always heard that the Jaguars were quite awful, but they seem to have been getting better and better in recent years. Yeah. And I. I spoke to someone at work who I know is into NFL. He was also into, he was he is interesting, but NFL has taken over his uh, priorities of what he watches. And I, I I just mentioned like so the Jaguars they're good now, and he says yeah because they were so low, so they've got a good few uh, draft picks, and they've been able to really build up to something. And I said oh so in a couple of years time could the Chicago Bears be like that? And then he just started laughing and. Said, <laughs> No, not quite. In theory, yes. In reality, no. <laughs> so, and another uh, New Japan staple, or not just New Japan, really, uh, a main event staple, the forearm exchanges on the knees. And again, I will say, and maybe I'm saying this more often than not to the point that maybe I shouldn't get so annoyed at it as a cliche in wrestling, this did that job very well because it starts off with Suji not necessarily having the fire within him to win the forearm exchange, and Osprey has this smug look on his face like he's got him where he wants him. And then, as I say, the theme of the match to me being that Suji's being tested, Osprey's literally, like, willing him to give him more. It's like this is Osprey as a weird way being, like, a a teacher to Suji in this moment. Uh, Ultimately regretting it, because then Suji beats him in a forearm exchange with a surprise hit. And Osprey sells it with that day's look of both. He's been hit hard, and he really didn't see it coming. Yeah, it's it, it's nice. And then they in this match, and then they yeah, and then Osprey rolls to the uh, rolls to the apron where they have a brawl on the apron. Um, oh no, sorry, it was uh, Suji sent to the apron. Then they have a brawl on the apron, which Suji does win. But then Osprey's able to hit an os cutter and failing to hit it on the on the. Uh, apron. He then knocks Suji to the outside and then does it on the outside even more, and that's where we get the 19 spots. Yeah. Uh, so it is that sense of Osprey is ahead of Suji, but maybe not as much as he thought he was. And like I said, that's why I think you could just about believably have Suji win a rematch at Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe, or, or I mean, one of the reasons maybe that Osprey is less worried about moving to. AEW in particular is that New Japan has such a strong relationship with them that they probably will be able to keep doing talent back and forth and Osprey's like maybe going to have more Wrestle Kingdom matches in the future depending on how much Tony Khan wants to wait, I, wants to spend that that uh yeah if he if if he does go to AEW and becomes an AEW roster member I I am fascinated to see who his first Forbidden Door opponent will be. Well, let's save that for another time, because God knows it will get five stars from <laughs> so we'll be able to talk about it then. Yeah. 
Oh. I like I like the stomp move that um, Suji does as well. He teases it early on and then hits it. Yeah, and it just because it's not the Seth Rollins thing where they're going face first into the mat. It seems like it's or maybe it's one of those ones that he can just hit someone from wherever, whenever. Not in a Shakira sense, but uh, he'll be there and he'll be near. But um, and that's the deal, my dear. Yeah. It's lucky that his breasts are small and humble. Though not that small. But <laughs> but you could confuse oh, him for a mountain of a man at six two. Yeah. Oh god, I'm gonna I'm gonna send this out raw because we barely. I'm not gonna have time to edit. So <laughs> if you if you've always wondered what these episodes sound like <laughs> without the, because one of them one of them I recently put as the comment we had I edited out 15 minutes of nonsense from this episode. Think about that. I'm not editing out any of the nonsense. <laughs> I think people like orange juice with pulp. Not all of them, but enough of them. Yeah. So let's find out. Well, yeah, this will this will be a pulpful, like um, from one common person to another. Simon, oh, uh, he's off. He's off and running. Oh man, I love the Jim Duggan tributes that were happening with the three point stances. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh... Well, that, that comes that comes from American football. So that again, yeah, that's yeah, a nod to his background. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I, I like to think he's a Jim Duggan call. <laughs> call <out. laughs> oh! <laughs> Canadian sympathizer, Jim Duggan. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't have much to say, really, at this point. I do like how he goes for another spear with the full three-point stance. I suppose that's his equivalent of when Naito gets to do the arm ringer before he does the full... Uh, Destino. Destino. Yeah. Uh... But then Osprey hits him with the hidden blade as he's like running towards him. I thought that was an awesome way of paying it off. Uh, and then he, like I said, he hits uh, he hits his own three point stance spear. So it's like you you use my finisher and I'll use your Yours. finisher. Yeah. Uh, and then he hits a storm driver, a much safer one than the one he did to Omega. Because I thought you were saying like, oh, that's gonna be like his murder death kill finisher, but it's not in this match. So I guess not. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then just, uh... but then uh, then that's the spot we've gone backwards and forwards. But that's the spot where Suji, to Osprey's surprise, just stands up and backs him into the corner, kind of like how you know when Ibushi's taking slaps, but he's backing his opponent up as he's doing it. So whilst the one person's doing the move, they're actually losing the advantage in the process. Yeah, he um, yeah enters his god mode. He just becomes like. Mm. A freak of nature, basically. Yeah. But then Osprey just hits him with the, the hidden blade and the Stormbreaker, so it's not really that much god mode in the long run. But, uh, yeah, and that's the match. I would go max four stars, probably more in the three and a half to three and three quarters. Yeah, imagine. yeah. I'm about the same. Like very, very I like good. the story of testing Suji. I thought it was well done in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's a good showcase of Suji. Um, out, yeah, not out much more than that. In theory, out, out of the four that in theory New Japan are going to push hard, he's the one that's shown the most promise so far, and he's the one that's been given that platform so far. Mm. Whether he's going to be the ace going forward, I don't know. Or maybe the whole notion is kind of like the Three Musketeers. There's no one definitive ace anymore that it will be shared around them. Um, it remains to be seen. We shall see. We shall see. And and of course, I know you'll be backing Gabe Kid 
for it. Oh yeah, Gabe Kid for life. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really have much more to say at this point. We will be making some announcements in the near future as to where the Melts Five Star Project is going forward. Uh, at some point in 2024, the format's going to change. Sort of is and isn't in a way, I suppose. Uh, but for my sanity, when I saw... I mean, I literally forgot this match had happened when we were doing the recording schedule. <laughs> I thought we were going to do the Zack Sabre Jr. Brian Danielson match, which, you know, sorry to steal your thunder, which is what we'll be doing next week. And then, in the as you can attest... I mean, do you want to read out the text exchange, Simon? Bring it up. <laughs> Bear with me. Scrolling back, scrolling back. Uh, See, this is what I edit out usually, listeners. Although, to be fair, in the past, I once didn't edit out me closing some curtains. So, (laughs) there's a reason that I started going back to editing harder. So, what were you saying, Simon? So, uh, Lorcan. So, me, actually, too, Lorcan. I apologise. What shall we aim to record tomorrow? Both the five stars? I've got... Lorcan, I've got to edit and upload uh, Danielson's Sabre Jr. tomorrow, so it'll probably just be that. What's the other one? The Osprey one we haven't done done yet. Lorcan. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I-, I think I broke his brain, <laughs> listeners, yeah. when I told him. <laughs> yeah. And it's a weird thing to complain about, because it was a good match of wrestling. But like I said, I don't have... I've spoken about Will Ospreay to you more than I think I've spoken to my co-workers in the past year. (laughs) (laughs) At least about work, anyway. Yeah. Um, And so that's why we need to change things about, because, like I said, the guy's in his 30s, he's about to go to AEW, which is another promotion that is one of the ones that Dave Meltzer is inclined to give five stars. I mean, we could have just as easily be about to be talking about Ilya Dragunov against Carmelo Hayes, but Meltzer only went a mere four and three quarters for that match. Yeah. Uh, it's weird how he just has that, like, hard-to-break point with other promotions, but once... I, I don't see how who sees five stars in this match. I, again, I don't. Yeah. It's, it, it's perfectly executed, but that doesn't make it a perfect match, in my opinion. No. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's... Uh, we're not bagging on it by any stretch of the imagination but it's not five it's just not it doesn't feel like required viewing particularly yeah. i mean to be fair maybe it will be because it as i said it's probably the first great performance out of yota suji he didn't have an amazing g1 nor was he booked to his match with sonada was as good as you can get from a sonada match i suppose but he's already gaining reactions. He has a good look. He has a good gimmick. I don't know what's with the nicknames they give them. Gene Blast, Heat Storm, mm. uh, Rough Neck. I, I, yeah, fine. <laughs> Random nickname generator, I suppose. But, um, yeah. Uh, is that like, is, ja- is Japanese wrestling promotions English nicknames for wrestlers? The equivalent of those people that have the East A- the Asian lettering on their arm that they think means peace and turns out means like biscuit <laughs> quite possibly quite possibly mm. yeah <laughs> hot foot or whatever yeah. yeah that's what we should do actually we should spend a whole uh like a, a mini episode of us just coming up with random new japan <laughs> returning <laughs> wrestler nicknames and see if they ever any of them ever catch on <laughs> 
The cement mixer, Ron Seal. No, but the cement mixer works. It would be like cement fighter. The cement or... blender. Yeah. Or altitude mixer. Ah, the cement juicer. There you go. <laughs> well, I guess that's rock hard juice Robinson in a way. Oh, crap. Oh, I've done it. I've cracked it. <laughs> Well, as we go to send our CVs to Gado for the marketing team, Simon, just to reiterate, where exactly, when exactly, and who exactly are we talking about next week for the Melts Five Star Project? And uh, actually, no, you might not know, so I won't ask you that. Uh, I need you. I need you googling for a minute. <laughs> we are. We are at October first, AEW Wrestle Dream in Seattle, Washington. Uh, watching a Seattle native, uh, no, sorry, a Washington native, that's not fair to the people of Aberdeen, Washington, uh, Brian Danielson, take on Zack Sabre Jr. in a much-hyped, much-anticipated, not just within the uh, promos of this camp for this pay-per-view, but across years and years and years, was meant to be at Forbidden Door, let's not forget, a technical wrestling dream match. Around the time that they did have a match with each other was just a, in, <laughs> was just around the time in the same area that you and I met up for the first time. Did you oh, know that yeah. time? They had a match in Coventry in 2008. Oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me feel old. <laughs> How do you think that makes me feel? Wow. Touche. <laughs> yeah. But uh, until then, Simon, if people want to get in touch with you to make to remind you of other aspects of life and events passing you by, and the rapid, uh, rapid sprint towards the grave, how can they do so? They can get in touch with me on Twitter. Where I am so known as Simon Cross Free, free for the number of musketeers in this new generation, allegedly. <laughs> My name's Lorcan Munnell, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for the A at the end of Yota, N for the N, that's the third letter in Gene Blast. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, letterbox, if you put at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Get in touch with the show at lmtyspod at gmail.com, LMTYS is also our Twitter and Facebook handles. But there's nothing enough to say at this point, except that my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Aren't you happy that we usually edit these things? <laughs> and we hope that you have a five-star time. Until the next time. Oh.